and you, I'm going to say this twice, you as a taxpayer take responsibility for the return when you sign it. Hey CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman Show. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and I am so excited to be back with you guys. If something sounds a little bit different, it's because we're switching it up today. Normally, I record in a studio so I can get all of my really good audio quality and get you some video clips, but over the past few weeks, I've actually had so many times when I wanted to just hop on, record a little episode, answer some questions you guys have, that I actually ended up setting up a little studio in my home. So you guys can literally hear my unfiltered thoughts the minute I think of them and can hop onto the microphone. So um, we'll see if you love or hate that, but this is a really good opportunity for me to really have the ability to talk a little bit more to you about just those little things that may not make up a full episode, but we can hop on and have a mini episode. And what better timing than right now as we were getting prepared for 1099s and tax seasons. You guys, I have had so many questions in my DMs um, from friends, whatever that looks like throughout the past few weeks about what the heck do I do during tax season as a business owner. So what I did is I took down some of the most common questions that you guys had, and we're just going to have a little mini episode answering those questions. This is actually literally perfect timing because if I'm being honest, I just like did not have it in me to edit a full episode this week. So what you guys are going to get is literally like raw unfiltered footage of me just chatting and answering questions. And literally, hopefully at the end of this, I'm just going to upload it and we're not going to edit it and we're going to move on. And then I'm going to save, you know, a couple of hours of my life um, because I just have to make the videos perfect for you guys. And we're not even doing video for this because I am literally sitting at home in my pajamas. So anyways, now you know my whole backstory. So we should probably move on to the meat of the episode today. So really what I want to talk to you guys about this week is things that you should know going into tax season. So it's kind of going to be two parts, but we're going to talk about a lot within each. So first that I was getting a lot of questions on is 1099s and the second half is, you know, what does working with a tax professional look like? What should I ask? What should I expect? All of that. So because we are mid-January right now and it is getting pretty close to the time that we are going to need to file 1099s, we're going to start with that. So 1099s, what are they? What the heck do I have to do as a business owner? So the first thing that you need to know about 1099s is it is a way for you to report to both contractors you employed as well as the IRS. You're going to report to both of them what they earned. So basically the 1099s are the IRS's way of making sure that people are reporting their income. So for example, if I hire a contractor and I'm required to give them a 1099 at the end of the year, the IRS will also get a copy of that 1099, meaning if that contractor doesn't file with the IRS saying, hey, I made this much and I'm going to pay taxes on that, that would be a really easy way for the IRS to catch people under reporting on their taxes. So 
That's really the premise of how all of this works. Now, I'm not going to go into a ton of depth on 1099s, but there will definitely be some questions you guys might have. So feel free to um, hop in my DMs on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to me in the community. If you're a part of that little plug, click the show notes below and join that. So just a broad overview. When you are a business owner, you are required to issue these in a couple of circumstances. So there's really a few hurdles that people will have to overcome in order for them to receive a 1099. So that first hurdle is really going to be, did they provide you a service? So we aren't looking at when you purchase product from somebody. It is really the basis of, did somebody provide a service for you? The second hurdle is, did you pay them via cash, check, or ACH? So it didn't go through a payment processor. The reason for that is the payment processors actually have their own way of reporting this income. So if both you and the payment processor report it, then we are almost essentially double reporting that income, which nobody wants to happen to them. So first hurdle, where did they provide you a service during the year? Second hurdle, did you pay it via cash, check, or ACH? And then the next hump hurdle, why am I changing my language, is did you pay them over $600? And this is really the threshold that the IRS has set right now in order for you to have to file 1099s. I also do want to give a little bit of an asterisk clarification. There are different forms of 1099. So you have miscellaneous, NEC, which is non-employee compensation. In most circumstances, we will be talking about NECs, which is that non-employee compensation. So when I kind of give some general answers, that's really what I'm talking about. So anyway, back to the 1099s. If you give somebody who gives you, who ha, if you have somebody who provides you services, they are over, they are paid via, not via credit card, right? So cash check or ACH and it's over $600. And then the last hurdle, which is sometimes hard to know is, are they incorporated? So are they a corporation? If they are a corporation, you do not have to send them a 1099. So a bunch of little nuances to that. But really, think of it in the context of me. If you hired me for the year and I had you pay me via ACH, so you weren't paying me via a payment processor and um, you paid me over $600 and for some reason, and I'll get to this in a minute, you knew that I was not a corporation. So then you would have to issue me a 1099 at the end of the year. The way that you actually physically do this is you receive W-9s from your contractors. So W-9 is basically this information request form that allows you to get all the information from them. So that is actually how you know to cross that last hurdle of are they a corporation or not. So. This is a lot of information. Oh my gosh, if you guys hear my dogs barking, this is why I do not record at home. But that was a lot of information on 1099s, but a really, really broad overview of you know what's important about 1099s. I personally love using a payroll software throughout the year. Um, I use Gusto and I can include my link to that in the show notes. Um, we aren't sponsored, but hey Gusto, if you're listening, I love you. I would love that. Um, but I, I love using Gusto year round because I literally just pay my contractors from that. And then at the end of the year, they're 
1099 is ready to go. For any contractors who I just like casually pay, like I'm not hiring them. It's more of like, for example, my attorney who I ha who I paid via ACH, I will send them a W-9 through QuickBooks. So there's a lot of ways you can do this. I would highly, 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 highly recommend keeping track throughout the year of the people who you are paying so it doesn't come to January and you are freaking out about 1099s. So those are due, I can't remember if I said this, but they are due on January 31st. So it is really time to get your act together with those. And again, if you have any questions, feel free to hop in my DMs on Instagram or join our community and ask questions on those. I hope that was more helpful than it was confusing. I know I rambled a little bit, but hopefully you have a great understanding of what that process is going to start and look like. Now, the second half of our episode, wow, this is already eight minutes. I literally was like, I'm going to record a quick episode, but I really just want to get into a little bit of what it looks like working with a tax professional and you know maybe some things you want to look out for if you are ready to engage a tax professional this year. I think this industry is incredibly misunderstood and we don't provide enough education on who does what and what working with us looks like. So I'm going to give you as transparent as possible access into what working with a tax professional looks like and what you should probably know about it. So I want to start off with the first that might seem kind of obvious to you guys. You're like, Christy, you're, you're not saying a CPA. Like, why aren't you saying a CPA? Why is it a tax professional? That is a very important designation that I'm going to make because not all CPAs are tax professionals and not all tax professionals are CPAs. So you will have a tax professional who may have a official license or designation. Now, the two that are most recognized, and I think only that are recognized, sorry if I missed one, but are CPA and EA. So your CPA is your certified public accountant and your EA is actually an enrolled agent. So as a CPA, you are actually licensed with the state. So I am licensed with the Texas State Board for my CPA. Now, the EA, you are actually licensed by I believe you were enrolled with the IRS. I, I don't know as much about that because that's not my license. Um, but both of these are actually designations that allow you to be licensed in this particular field. So the CPA is actually very, very broad. So when I took my CPA, I had four different tests and only one of those four was actually over tax. So this is why I kind of mentioned, you know, not all CPAs specialize in tax. I have plenty of friends who specialize in audit, who specialize in different fields. And not only do not all CPAs specialize in tax, even the ones who do, there are different types of tax. So maybe some of them do corporate tax or maybe some only do individual. So, you know, if you're a business owner and you're thinking about this, know that if you are working with a any sort of tax professional, you want to make sure they are an expert in small businesses as well as working with individuals. Um, and just to touch on the EA a little bit, they are also an enrolled agent and that is a they are an enrolled agent, and that is a very specific tax designation. So um, that test is, you know, very specifically for tax. Now, I would highly recommend. It doesn't necessarily matter what designation or license your professional has, 
but I would absolutely recommend that you do work with somebody who is licensed in some capacity. The tax world is kind of weird because technically you don't have to have any sort of license to file and prepare taxes. You have to have like a P10, which you register with the IRS, but you can get those without being licensed. Now, the benefit of having somebody who is licensed above and beyond, you know, you know they know the material because they've learned it and taken a pretty difficult test is those of us who are licensed are held to an ethics standards and we actually have oversight. So the Texas State Board, you know, is is looking over me and if I do anything wrong, I could get reported to them. They could, you know, suspend my license. They they could do all these things that make sure that I am upholding the standard of that license. So, you know, anybody who has these professional designations is going to be strung to this code of ethics that they are required by their license to have. The second thing is for the CPA, and I believe the EA, again, I'm, I'm not as familiar because it's not my license, but you are also required to have continuing education. Um, and for me, I believe, uh, I should know this, it's like 120 hours every three years, which personally I end up taking a lot more because tax law changes a lot and I have to be updated. But just having those little requirements as well as an ethics exam, um, I think every three years. So, you know, just having those requirements makes sure that those professionally licensed individuals are staying up to date on tax law. I literally just said it changes constantly. So, you know, if you have somebody who maybe studied taxes once and was like, okay, now I can do it, but they haven't been staying up to date with it, that's really not somebody who you want to be working with. So first thing I highly recommend, you work with somebody who is professionally licensed in some capacity. Now, the second thing that I really want you to know about working with any sort of tax professional or an accountant in general, we only work with the information you guys provide us. So what the process is going to look like when you work with a uh, a tax professional, so a CPA or an EA, or I guess somebody else, but I don't recommend that. Um, you will kind of come in, you'll get onboarded with them, and for tax season, they will send you something called an organizer. What that is, is it's basically asking a whole ton of questions, a whole bunch of information for, from you for us to learn about your situation. So, you know, for example, okay, did you sell your home this year? Oh, you did? Okay, did you live in it for the last two or five years because we know that there are different implications for that. So we're asking all these questions. So a lot of that we try to dig out from you. Now, where I really like to bring this up is one of the things we will ask for for your business is a profit and loss statement or your financial statements. And so if you kind of just hand me a pile of receipts, first of all, I'm going to bill you for making me organize a pile of receipts and coordinate like no, no, no. We go with full financial statements here, you guys. You know, if you can give your tax professional a good solid financial statement that already includes the things you want it to include, that is how you're actually gonna get some of the most benefit. Because as your tax professional, I have no idea if there were transactions in that financial statement that were personal transactions that you put as business, or if you are missing some transactions 
that were business expenses that you put on your personal card. Now, when you sign your return, you certify that the information you gave your tax professional is correct. We will do a level of due diligence, but there is literally no way for me to know if you went to freaking, I don't know, Subway down the street for not a business meal and you put that on your business card. If you gave that to me, I have no idea of knowing that. So when you sign the return, you are saying, I acknowledge the information provided to my tax professional was correct. And you, I'm going to say this twice, you as a taxpayer take responsibility for the return when you sign it. Saying it again, you as the taxpayer take responsibility for the return. So you really, 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 really want to know that you trust this professional preparing your return because it's it's not them who's getting in trouble if this is wrong. I mean, they might, but that's beside the point. You are signing your name that everything is correct. So I went on a tangent there. I do have a list of things I want to talk about, but I really, really think people need to know that one. So it's really important to have good information provided to a tax professional, as well as making sure they are someone you trust. And the whole reason I actually started my firm to be all inclusive, where I do you know bookkeeping and your 1099s and sales tax if you need that and all of that, is because I just wanted to know that information was correct. And I wanted my firm to kind of have a handle on making sure that it is all correct. So moving on a little bit into another topic. So when you engage a tax professional for tax season, there's a lot of, I think, misunderstanding about what that looks like and what they are really engaged to do for you. By paying a tax professional to file your return, you are literally paying them that to prepare and file your return, hopefully correctly. Can't promise that always, but... I've heard so many instances where people come to me and they say, they didn't give me any planning. They didn't give me any advice. They could have saved me a lot of money, but they didn't. And I say this in the most loving way possible, you didn't pay them to. So, you know, I say that in the most loving way, you got to be careful what you're engaging them to do versus what you expect from them. Now, what does this actually look like in terms of, you know, paying someone to do this kind of stuff? I would say... And this really, really varies based on level of experience and industry niche and area of the country, I guess. If you work with a good tax professional, I would say you probably can't expect to pay less than $500 for just an individual return, Um, maybe with like a Schedule C business, depending. But, you know, at this point, I rarely, rarely see returns filed for less than 400, probably more if there is a business. And that is just for the tax return preparation. Um, Now, that's pretty reasonable when you think about the fact that literally TurboTax itself costs, I don't know, what are we at? $100 right now. But I just want to give you some really transparent insight onto what this is going to cost you. Then if you want some more advanced tax planning, if you want strategies, if you want year-round assistance, you are looking at, you know, multiple hundred a month. Personally, for my clients, what my rates are right now is 650 just for that extra level of advice without any 
um, CFO level planning. So just to give you a really good insight, I, I know a lot of this feels kind of gate kept. It's like, I have to call someone to know this is what it's going to cost. No, I'm literally sitting here sharing all of the information with you. Now, something else that comes with a lot of accountants is billing hourly. And this is my biggest pet peeve, but again, I understand why people do it. All you engaged them to do was prepare the tax return. So if you have another question for them and you call them up, you might get a bill. So I would highly recommend that, you know, when you are talking to tax professionals, one of the things you ask them is, hey, you know, do I get to ask you questions? Do I, you know, can I call you? What's your hourly rate? All of that, just so you know exactly what to expect. I think the worst it's not terrible paying people. Obviously, people deserve to be paid for their time and knowledge. It's the worst when it's a surprise and you didn't know it was coming. So if you are really wanting education, planning, access, ask about that kind of stuff. Don't say, hey, can you prepare my tax return? And that's it if you are wanting more. So that is really, you know, talking about what the service entails, I think is a huge misunderstood component of this industry. And then a little bit going off of what this service entails. I think that people believe anything with the word tax in it kind of goes to their tax professional. As somebody who has worked in the industry for quite some time, pretty much the only thing I ever did was income tax. So what that is, is basically when you file, you know, on April 15th, maybe March 15th, if you have an S-Corp, that is your income tax. So the 1040 you file when you pay your personal tax. Now, there's a lot of other taxes out there that may not be filed because you expect your CPA is doing it for you and they don't do that or it hasn't been outlined in the engagement. So a lot of other taxes I want you to think about, um, sales tax, what, what happens with that? Do we need to shock it? Do we need to pay that? Um, potentially franchise tax or um, annual reporting for your LLC entity. Um, another thing, this isn't taxes, but 1099s. Who's responsible for that? Are they doing those? Is your bookkeeper doing those? Do they expect you to do those? All of these little things that I hear people say all the time, oh, my accountant didn't take care of this for me. Oh, I, you know, I expected to have good service. And by no means am I defending people like that. I, I don't love that about the industry at all. But what I do want you to know is that's not necessarily standard. So it's so important for you to sit down with a professional and really outline your expectations and make sure that that engagement truly does entail everything you need throughout the year. So for me, that is why... My answer to that was a all-encompassing service where I'm talking to my clients regularly every single month at a minimum so that I know all those little things. I feel like business is sometimes one of those like you all know what you don't know things. So I do think there's a lot of that. So making sure that you are really understanding this whole process and the entire engagement with your CPA. Um, that's really, I'm trying to look if I missed anything. Honestly, I have put out a lot of content this week on my Instagram about like red flags to look out for, things I've seen that aren't good. So I would really just say, just, just interview people, talk to people, make sure that you are working with somebody 
you trust and you are willing to put your faith in and know that they are looking out for you, but also make sure that engagement is truly defined so that you know what is and isn't being taken care of for you. So with that, we are going to close it out. It is 9 p.m. here and I am about to go to bed. It has been a freaking long week, but once I publish this episode, as you guys are listening to this episode, I am so happy to answer any questions. Please feel free to message me. Let me know if this was valuable. If you guys want me to do more of this, just casually hop on. Maybe we'll call it a mini episode. It was supposed to be a mini episode, but now it's 25 minutes. So oops, but you know, let me know if you want to hear some of these. I, I think it would be fun to maybe throughout the week kind of hop on and just answer some of your questions, um, get a little more candid because I know we've done a lot of talking to guests and then kind of going over my life. But a lot of these tax and finance questions that you guys have, I haven't really answered. So let me know if you want to hear more of it. And if you are enjoying the show, take a screenshot, share it with a friend. Let me know you're listening on Instagram. I would absolutely love that. It literally lights up my morning when I see people tag me in my episodes. And then of course, join the community so you can see what I'm talking about with upcoming guests. You never miss an episode. So with that, CEOs, we are going to close out for the day. I can't wait to see you again next week. Thank you.